It is uh, so true, Connie, that um, all of us um, <clears throat> our little body is so significant and it's a living thing. I don't know how people can start churches and shut churches down like it's like a bad idea or something. There's a temptation sometimes to do that, but I've come to believe that every church and every body that comes together is a living, spiritually, it's a living organism. And you see, even in Revelations, churches being addressed. There's an identity to it. And there's a substance to it. And even whether we see each other or don't see each other, can, can several of you testify to a consciousness constantly of the body, of our body? There's, and there's the greater body, and you should be conscious of that too. We're not exclusive. But the names and the faces and the people, and you begin, it it's part of you. I mean, if you're, you're really a part of this body, which has nothing to do with anything technical, but has to do with if you're a believer and you are called and there's a wedding in your heart to this group, I, I have it too. In spite of leadership, could quit today and I don't know where I'd go. What, do, what, what would I do, you know? Like I could say I'm stopping something, but... That's kind of a laugh. You have a moment of going, I'm done, you know? And then you go, that's stupid, you know? And so it is true. And the more vibrant we become and the more living we become, the more interactive. And I, I know the spirit desires that deeply. There's another spirit that works hard to separate that and destroy that, just saying. And sometimes there's assignments on us. We have no clue. We're just living this life, walking in covenant, being faithful. And, and today, again, I just had such a, like, um, I just want to call all of you into your giftings without leaving condemnation. Can I, can I tell you, I think we're at a very minimal level of our giftings and callings. Now, it takes the spirit to awaken us. It takes the spirit to quicken us. But I just want to declare that there's a stirring up of the gifts. All of you feel so much better if you're functioning in your gifts. And I don't even want to identify those or limit those. The spirit within you is willing, and all of us, is willing to activate, use us. You may find yourself surprised that the Lord used you for that, which something, which is the best, isn't it? And anything from a simple word of kindness to a simple smile can minister life. And everything that you do walking out faithfulness, this becomes a very viable, strong fortress impact on everything around us. 
our, our nation, this world, needs us to be alive, not checking out. Need us to show up. They need you to stop running and hiding yourself and, and, and to come. Um, gee, I, I promise myself I'm not going to get into my um, uh, places of, of vulnerability or where, where I am in my secret place, but I can't, I can't help but share with you, probably throw my other notes out the door, but I've always been drawn to this passage in Isaiah 50 uh, about the disciple, about the learned one, and that he gives us ear, and he gives us a tongue of the learned one, and then the Passion Translation comes along, and and it really blows this up for me and just and excites me. And so I've been meditating on it and just really taking time to let it get deep in me and even memorizing, which is not that easy at this age. I don't know, maybe I'm the only one that's like, it's hard, you know, it's harder. You know, what I memorized when I was a teenager, I still got that, you know. Psalms 40 and Psalms 1, and you know, I have these things I memorize. Thank God for my Sunday school teachers that, that encourage us to do that. And they, I still have them. They're still there. They're in the King James Version, but they're there, yeah. And I come to this passage in Isaiah 40, uh, 50, um, I'm sorry, 50, and I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to it, verses 4 and 5. I, and I... I begin, there's something in it that captures my heart. I'm very conscious of the state of mind or being that I'm in when I awaken every morning. And sometimes it's good, but often, often there's a heaviness. There's, there's something to fight through. And I, <clears throat> I wished it wasn't there. I wish it was just an easy go, hit the easy button, you know, shut off the alarm and hit the easy button and bing, I'm alive, you know. Phyllis can come out of bed and have the bed made before she gets to the bed. I mean, she's just like moving and going and doing things, you know. Me, I'm like a lot slower. And there's a, a portion of this verse that says this in the Passion Translation, morning by morning, morning by morning, he awakens my heart. He opens my ear to hear his voice so that to be, for me to be trained to teach. And this verse 4 begins with, the Lord Yahweh has equipped me with the anointed, skillful tongue of a teacher to know how to give a timely word to the weary. I'm hungry for that, to be able to know the thing to say that's just not blah, blah, blah. And I, and I often encounter the weariness or the difficulty in someone. And I, don't you want a Jesus word to slip in there? That's, not, that's much more than the last teaching you heard, the last thing of your opinion, or how to fix something, or the, 
how to help, you know, but, but a spiritual word that brings life. And then continuing in verse 5, the Lord, Yahweh, has anointed my ear. In this, in this past, it's singular. He anoints my ear. I did not resist, and I did not rebel. Offered my back to those who would flog me. Offer my cheek to those that would pull out my beard. I did not protect myself or hide my face from those that would throw insults at me. Or that would spit in my face. How many of you would like to avoid that at all costs? I'm meditating and memorizing this. And I'm trying to make it my own, but I have a conflict. And I say to the Lord, I say to the Lord, these are Jesus' words. These words belong to Jesus. He owned these words. He owned this whole thing. And he's the one that owns it. And I, but but I, I had found another passage in John 1. It's verse 12. You may know it as to those he gave, uh, those he gave power to become the sons of God. Those who believe. And the Passion Translation says those that embrace and lay hold of. So in a marriage, we want to see this happen with a couple. We want to, they go through the ceremony. We spend a lot of money and have this most beautiful ceremony we can. And everybody doing everything just right and moving just right in the right time and saying the right things at the right time and having your pants and having your, you know, all this stuff that's important showing up. That was a reference to David and Stephanie's wedding a year plus ago, and David's down in my house, and he can't find his pants. That, that's a problem when you're the, you know, you're the groom. He's convinced he left them in Ravenna or wherever, up North Canton. They were there just, you know, disguised at somebody else's pants. But after the ceremony... You want to see the embrace and the laying hold of. And so I said, to the, these are Jesus' words. I don't really have a right to even. However, I lay hold, I embrace him. I embrace the, and I lay hold of this. This is. This is what we have to, we come to this place of truly embracing laying hold of the Lord. You have to. It can't just be a ceremony. That just doesn't get it, right? It's got to be much more than that. It's, it's, that's just the, initiate, the initial boom that releases the true marriage between a man and wife. And the mystery is right here, Christ and the church. It is very legal to make this association with the marriage or walk in our, our relationship with the Lord. 
And so as our bride, he wants us to lay hold. He wants us to embrace him. He embr- it's a mutual embrace and a mutual laying hold of. If you don't see that in your relationship with Jesus, it'll probably be like a flat tire. It'll just be in word only. You just have the little sticker, I voted today, and walk around, you know? I gave blood. I, you know, yep, got the T-shirt, got the... But, but, but it's so much more when there's true... This is what the Lord wants. This is, this is what holiness really is. It's walking in that fellowship, uninterrupted, uninterrupted in that fellowship. Just what It's the fellowship of Christ uninterrupted, un, uncontaminated with anything else. That's holiness. It's not about the rules and the stuff and the do's and the don'ts. It, it's about, that's the real end goal of holiness. Righteousness. Probably not a word you have pasted on your refrigerator, but... When you get revelation of what that is and that he gives it to you, it's oh happy day. It it is fullness. It's incredible. And this is all granted. Joy is granted to us. It's it's in him. You follow and obey and, and live in this sacrifice, in this relationship with him, and joy comes. All of a sudden, in the midst of doing something you felt called to do that didn't feel very exciting, felt led to do, a phone call, a go out in the streets and do something, I mean, whatever, it doesn't matter what it is, it's what the Lord impresses on you. Do that, and you watch and see and tell us all if joy doesn't come then. Sometimes a fountain of joy breaks through, because there's, there's a deposit in one way or another. We don't earn it, but we got it. It comes. And so, laid hold. How did Jesus endure the insults, the rejections, the words that caused him? Would, you would want to, and you'd want to avoid that. I, I do. How many things are you running from in your life? Because if you'll be honest, maybe you don't even know why really, but I want to submit to you, it's probably because there's pain in it. It causes you, you feel foolish in it when, you're, when, when you encounter this or encounter this person or you encounter this situation. It, it, it causes a pain and you avoid it at all costs. And now you're a coward and you know it. I never feel good when I'm acting cowardly. I may have saved my reputation, but I lost my confidence. Now I'm just whipped. When a husband and wife marry and enter into the real relationship, you can see even the most timid little woman, she gets into this relationship, she doesn't mind stepping up to the plate and go, hey you, that's not okay in this relationship. Hey, you, you're not paying attention to me. I mean, even women you think wouldn't. Because it's appropriate in their relationship 
even though the conservativeness and all those things, when they step up and they own the relationship, I've seen some pretty tough men just kind of shape right up. What's that about? Because there's a great, all their gruffness and roughness and stuff. And yet this person in this covenant relationship can call them to task, like attention. We may laugh about it and make jokes about it, but it is a picture of the true relationship Jesus wants with you. Lay hold of me. Grab a hold of me. How many testimonies do you hear about that of, of, of miracles that happen and things that happen when people get off the script and get very definite and even dem- demanding with Jesus? And you go, oh, 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 I mean, good pastor. You, you really shouldn't talk to God like that. You shouldn't do that. But in that, if the person really believes in their heart and out, out of truly believing, truly out of the relationship, not a disrespect for the relationship, a, a real demand, a real laying hold. Could I encourage you to lay hold of this like you never had before? Like it move out of where you've just been stopped and hung up and come into this place and bring all that stuff you have that's kind of in the closet you never forget about, but it's over there. You even whine about it sometimes, complain about it. You start using it for the excuse that you don't step out and don't do things. Back to our gifts and callings, what what stopped you? I know, I just know we're, we're down here. It needs to come up and we're in this moment in time where just prophetically it's so important for us to um, um, embrace this and... Um, in Psalms 24, I'm going to actually just read my, the comfort text from, I spread this over about two weeks. Let me get back to the beginning in Psalms 24, because uh, early, early as we came up, I went, oh, 24, heard something like, Psalms 24 is the, is the scripture for, for, this, uh, for this year. And uh, it goes back to, um, on did I start on January 1st? Like a good. Lost my place. You know how you're almost there with your past text, and then you bump the wrong thing and it goes chink. Okay, and so it was on the 2nd of, of January. God claims the world as his everything and everyone as his. Everything and everyone belongs to him. One verse, verse one. I think it's the the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And so just that I just stayed with one verse and decided I'm just going to go through this psalm. And I write this, Psalms 24 is the psalm for 2024. Several prophetic people are pointing to it. I want to walk through the chapter with these comfort texts. Everything and everyone belongs to him on his part. But 
Yahweh does not belong to everyone on their part. So I was sitting meditating on this and realized it is important for every person. This is the believing, the, the loyal believing that you must do to initiate what he has for you. He, he owns it all. He has you, but you need, again, we're back to the marriage. You need to choose him. He's the perfect God. He's the per perfect husband, perfect provider. No one can love you like he can. No one will be faithful to you like he will be faithful. But you must choose. He absolutely necessitates that you choose him. And you'll find, I have found in my walk, that the Lord wants me to choose every calling and every gifting. I want him to tell me what to do. He's like, no, I want you to choose. I'll show you. You'll know what belongs to you. You'll know where you fit. Little Mackenzie um, is into playing those um, like puzzle things where there's just a couple pieces and you put it in the, you know, the cow goes here and the duck goes here and the donkey goes here and she, she or her little things where she puts squares through square holes and around, you know, around things. And, and she loves doing that and you sit there and, and play with her. And she's learning where this goes. And you also need to learn where this goes. But you still must choose. You and I must choose and believe and become loyal to him in response to his kindness and mercy. Let's have a faith-filled year. Amen. Good text. <laughs> Verse 2. He's the one, this was on the third. He was the one who pushed back oceans to let dry ground appear, planting firm foundations for the earth. I write, Yahweh is the creator of heaven and earth. He fashioned it with his word, saw to every detail, and breathed life into it with his very breath. This is a core belief. Your active belief in this forms the very foundation of your faith in him and the roots of your own existence. From there, you enjoy a life of discovery that ever increases your faith in him and your love for him. He is the great point of origin. For us all. People in the world, they need this as well. Why do they act so baddie and incredibly like off track? Because they don't have, they've been taught, not been taught this. They don't have revelation of the true point of origin and who it is that is the point of origin. When you don't have that, you have no compass. You never lost because you're not really going anywhere. You're just driving, right? We lost? No, no, no. Where are we at? It doesn't matter. Where are we going? That doesn't matter either. What is on the road? You want every person. I, so often I hear this testimony of people that were adopted. They may even had a great life after they were adopted. They cannot leave it alone. They've got to find out where they came from. They'll go on great searches to find who that birth mother is and that birth parent. Why is that? Because deep in us, we need to know where we came from, and God provides that. 
That's why those first verses are so crucial in Psalms 24. Verse 3, who then is allowed to ascend the mountain of Yahweh and who has the privilege of entering into God's holy place? Ponder for a moment, there is a God on a mountain. You are intrigued, but you know nothing about him or how to approach or appease him. We need to have this question before the answer means anything, the more you know. I've, and I've learned a long time ago, People don't have any value for the answer if they don't have the question. This, I think, often is what's missing in our whole educational system. Trying to cram information, turn it into a game or a competition to pass certain things. But if our children, young people, have no question... They're just forced to learn a subject. Do you realize how wrong that is? Just forced to learn things without context? A good teacher, and we do have good teachers, when they're free to teach, they create a question. They tell a story. Why does it matter this, that, or the other thing about our nation? Why does it matter this, that, or the other thing about your anatomy? Why does it matter this, that, or, or about numbers? Numbers are amazing if you understand what's the point. Always need them. Understanding them is there's like it's a deep hole. There's a lot to it. It's a great hole if you have the question. Verse 4. Those who are clean, who can ascend? And um, on uh, the first morning that I, after I had just renewed, got reset, renewed my vow, spend time with the Lord and the amount of time. And I mean, right out of the gate, I sit down on my desk, I have my headphones on, I open my phone to look for some music. And this, um, this uh, album comes up and uh, Red Rocks Worship is out in Denver. And it, there's a new album, brand new. I didn't know there was a new one out. And I don't listen to all of them, but I've listened to some of their music. It's great. And uh, there's a caption below the title on my Apple Music. And it says, The Red Rocks Music Ministry, Worship Ministry, takes a cue from Psalms 24. And the first song out of the gate, I'm, work, I'm learning it, I'm working on it, is Who Can Ascend? And the second verse is, I'll tell you who can ascend. Those who are in, who are in Christ, those who are washed, those who have been made clean by his work. Because you can never get there. And in case there were religious people that thought they could, Jesus comes along and like, well, I never committed adultery. Uh, yeah, if you looked at a woman in lust, you're guilty of it. Well, I never killed anybody. Yeah, but if you hate your brother or you hate your sister, you're guilty of murder. Murder's kind of a serious thing, huh? He, he like took the wind out of their sails. It's no wonder they killed him. Before they had their 
ways of getting around the law. You know, someone's guilty, but because the police officer didn't do everything just right when he, in case they didn't have permission to get the evidence. And there's all these loopholes and a, and a perfectly proven criminal of even murder walks free. And the injustice just reeks of that. Jesus comes along and goes, ah, intent is, is guilt. So on one hand, he brings grace, but before that, he's like, oh, you think you all are doing good because you're walking around in your robe and your attire and pretending to pray? There, there. And then his message, believe in me. You'll never make that, but you can come into me and be made clean. Who can be, who can enter, who can approach this Lord? Those who are clean, whose works and ways are pure, whose hearts are true and sealed by the truth, those who never deceive, whose words are sure. Psalms 24.4. We can ascend the mountain of God. We have been washed and cleansed in the blood. Where there was sin, you answered with love. These are the words of this psalm. In mercy and kindness, you're leading us up. In mercy and kindness, you're leading us up. So step one is to be able to ascend. We're called to ascend. We're invited to. But we have to qualify for that. That's in Christ truly. Verse five, they will receive the Lord's blessing and righteousness given by the Savior God. That's That's verse 5 in Passion Translation. Can we ever say it enough? Blessing and righteousness are not, are not, are given, not earned. Blessing and righteousness are given, not earned. Who can ascend? Question, question, question. Those who have been given a pure heart and those who have their hands cleaned by faith in the blood and the finished work of the cross. We are the blessed, righteous, and beloved of God by faith. Verse 6, they will stand before God for they seek the pleasure of God's face, the God of Jacob. Remember our book about Imagine Heaven? I think that was the name. Was that correct? And in everyone's near-death experience, sooner or later in their experience, he approaches them. And they're te- even if they refuse him, their test- this testimony and these stories is always they encounter this amazing love. Everything goes away. And at this moment, they are consumed with this one that's come, presented them. And what they feel and experience is, is truly off the charts, hard to even describe. To be in his presence, to experience that. We get kind of used to our lives here. I don't know what we're all fussed up about, some of the things that we do, because they're, they're still so far under that we, we aspire to. They still don't give what he gives. Living with eternity in your hearts is grounded on the belief that we will inevitably come face to face with God. That moment will be the most incredible moment in our existence up to that point. 
if we receive the righteousness and blessings through faith in him, that moment will have no regrets attached to it. If we hold this hope in our hearts, it will keep us in his way until that time. And then the verses. So wake up, you living gateways. Lift up your heads, you ageless doors of destiny. Welcome the king of glory, for he is about to come through you. Psalms 24, 7. The context of this chapter is, one, a sovereign God who is over all the earth. Two, this God lives in a holy place. Three, those who would ascend must be impeccably clean and pure through his provision. He is coming here through gates and doors. Those gates and doors are his people because gates don't have heads and doors don't have heads. But lift up your heads, you gates. It doesn't make sense till you realize what he's talking about. Those gates and doors are his people. He always comes through his people. So be awakened. You, we must awaken. In this incredible time politically that we're going through, in time we come to understand that this must unravel, that we must see how bad things really are. For what purpose? So that more people will awaken. With that, I thank God for the wisdom of a president that went, no, civil war will leave such a devastation. We've hardly gotten over the last one we had. So many will die. We'll draw the line in the sands and start shooting at brothers and neighbors and people we love. That's what happens in civil war. But how about this plan that we expose the true evil and every day it gets exposed more and more. And I've learned to just sit back, haven't changed my beliefs one bit about the end result. But I'm at peace. I'm also watching another man that's just in peace. Try what may that will not succeed. And the same is true of, our, of Jesus, our Savior. There is, it is necessary for us to awaken. And so often and in so many ways, we are asleep. And if we stay asleep long enough, we start acting like them, which is not a good thing. And so there is this call to awaken, to believe. Then I summed up a couple verses into the last verse. You ask who is the king of glory, or just skipping a couple of verses because the summary's here. Who is the king of glory? He is the Lord of victory, armed and ready for battle, the mighty one, the invincible commander of heaven's coast. Yes, he is the king of glory. Now at the end of this chapter, I write, an, an emphatic description of a coming king of glory Lord of victory, mighty one, commander of heaven's host, embrace and lay hold of this king. A war is coming, and I want to be fully on his side and at his side. So we move from a God in heaven who is pretty much unattainable. Like, who, who can attend? Who can ascend up to this God? We know he's there. How do you get there? 
Maybe we build a tower really super high and see if that works. Isn't that ridiculous? But they did it. Didn't work out very well, but they did it. We move from that to a God who's like, I'm coming. One thing that I know about the times of head, we call them the end times, which we've been in. We cannot neglect this, no matter who and what form of second coming theology you have. There is a revealing of Jesus Christ that is coming. There is a coming forth that must happen. Cannot get rid of all those scriptures. I don't know when it, how, I don't know. I just know I'm with him. I'm in him, I'm with him. When I believe, I don't just believe in him from an outside place, I believe in him from an inside place. You know that changes everything? If you're trying to believe from out here, it's hard. But if you get in him, fully immersed in him and believe from that place, it's like that inner room, that's a whole different thing. Let's get that revelation. Believe in Christ, in the secret place, in that place. We're totally peaceful no matter what else is going on. So this is the year that we're in. And the takeaway is awaken. Jesus wants to come right through us. And whatever else is included in that that's beyond my understanding, I'm good with it. I don't need to have it all figured out. I just hear the call for me. I just know for us, be awake, come alive, rise up, stir up your gift. Get so absorbed in Jesus that like him, you're not afraid to subject yourself even to pain, to flogging, to having your beard ripped out. My granddaughter thinks it's a great game to reach right here inside of my shirt and pull. I mean, she can put a major hurt on me real quick. What's worse than getting spit at? Being someone spitting in your face. But if the Lord empowers you, let me finish that verse and finish with this. In verse 7, it says of Isaiah 50, the Lord Yahweh empowers me. This is, these are Jesus' words, remember. This is about him. He fulfilled this. The Lord Yahweh empowers me so I am not humiliated. How can he do this? Because the Lord empowers him to do it. For that reason, with holy determination, I will do his will and not be ashamed. I'll go through the circumstances, the situations, the rejection, the insults, the dig, the da-da-da-da-da. 
and not be ashamed. Well, hey, if you're not ashamed, then it won't bother you. You'll be okay. You go, oh, that was kind of ouchy. And you walk on and live your life. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be that free? That's what freedom's about. Being free from that stuff. Free from the stings. Free from the stuff that causes us to fall on our face and be in the mud for a couple weeks or months or half a lifetime. Is there anything so ugly and heartbreaking as someone that's caught in unforgiveness and hatred? That stuff's like good wine. It, it, it gets more potent with time. It gets uglier with time. I don't want to be that person. I want, I want all that eradicated. And the Spirit knows how to bump me to go, oh, look, look what's still there. And instead of fighting, it's like, oh, I come to my secret place and I go, Lord, what, what, is, what is this? I'm, I'm not angry. I'm, I want to know. I want truth to come. I want freedom. I want you to speak. I want you to touch. Let's pray today. Father, in Jesus' name, just all of the issues that are through our body. I just thank you for the time of ministry and prayer. And Lord, just quicken us, awaken us, stir us up. Let your, we don't want to hinder you. We don't want to just lay down my, the agendas and the, the methods and ways and that nothing would be more important than following your spirit making a place for you to visit us. Hungry hearts attract you like nothing else. Your children crying out in faith saying, give me Jesus. You can have all the rest of it. Give me Jesus. Take, let the world go away. Let it take, take it away. Just give me Jesus. Let me be in absolute oneness with him, life union with him, I want to get to that place. I want to enter into that thing. I have my choice of believing in him. And I'll be loyal to you like a wife would be loyal to her husband, to her good husband. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me, Jesus, this one thing I seek that can be in your presence. Give me, Jesus. Jesus, there are signs that you're going to move. Signs of your movement. The leaves in the trees are starting to rustle. There's a good storm coming. There's a holy wind coming. I don't want to be out. I want to be in. I don't want to be out. I want to be in. Awaken me, dial me in.
the gifts that you have for me, they fit. The callings that you have for me, they fit. They're made for me. My heart will be satisfied as I come into union with you. Hindrances broken off, fully walking with you. When I stop resisting and then I don't rebel against this, call us, Lord. So Alex had a vision <clears throat> that there was anointing oil in front of the uh, communion table here. Actually, I'm going to stand behind it and let you look at the anointing oil <laughs> and uh, receive it. <clears throat> this morning, when we come for communion, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be anointed and we'll be healed. Amen. We'll continue to praise him. This, the one line that caught me in that song said, we lay our lives down at your feet. And that, that means laying down those fears and those doubts. And we pick up the praise. So we will, we will praise this morning and we will be healed. It's funny, I had been telling people <laughs> that I thought 2023 was uh, such a great year. And I got so many sideways looks and raised eyebrows and uh what you talking about willis and because so many people struggled and so many people just disagreed with me when i said what a great year it was many of you would disagree there were so many uh battles every day for our lives it seemed like and uh, there was so much loss when you look at that it would seem like it was more than a difficult year but look at, the, look at the victories. Look at what we overcame. Look at the testimonies that we had. There was things that happened that were unexplainable and, and I would say miraculous last year. We grew closer. We grew stronger in our faith. And what it comes down to, we had the sickness, but we had the cure. Emmanuel, we keep saying that God was with us in 2023 more evident than any, that's why it was a great year. That was the difference. He showed himself to us. It was amazing. We had glimpses of heaven. We had glimpses of the divine. And that made it a great year. One of my favorite teachings from last year was the divine reversals. And it stretched our faith. It, it made us lay down those doubts that with God, all things are possible. And you could believe that he could reach into your past and just reverse, not just heal, but reverse things as if they never happened. And it was such a great teaching because it focused on the divine, on the heavenly. And it got our focus off ourselves and, and those fears and doubts. 
And that's what I pray for, for communion today, a divine communion. And especially since Alex saw this anointing, I, I, I expect more in 2024. I expect anointing at the communion table. I expect fully that there will be testimonies that come from communion, that there will be these divine encounters when we lay down uh, our human doubts and, and, our, and our faith grows that with all things are, that with God all things are possible, that God, Christ could physically manifest himself during our service here today. When we take in the bread and the wine, Christ is in us and we are in him. So we gotta believe that. We have to be anointed with that when we take communion. That his presence is here, Emmanuel, God is with us, and I want, I want, I want you to believe and expect in divine communion, divine encounters when you take communion. And that includes divine healing. It's another level uh, beyond what we uh, believed was possible before. Divine joy, divine peace, divine liberty and justice, divine freedom. It's all here. We, we give thanks. We remember what Jesus did, and we expect the divine, divine encounters. Come and take divine communion.